I am so excited to have you on the Hitting Rock Middle podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and chat with you today. So because this is the first time our audience is hearing from you, and it probably won't be the last because I'm really fascinated by what you're going to talk to us about today. Tell me a little um, about yourself, share with us exactly what you do, and then we will dig into the topic. So my name is Brooke Alexander, and I am a master practitioner of and trainer of NLP, hypnosis, time techniques, EFT, and life and success coaching. So there's a whole lot of things there that I love to talk about, love to work with, and just love to share with people. Oh, exciting. Look at you. I mean, all the things. Um, Today, we're going to talk about NLP because it seems to be a topic that is, you know, um, high on people's minds. I've listened to a lot of other people's podcasts lately, and it's been, um, you know, a bit of discussion um, on those, and it has me fascinated. So can you just tell us... uh, you know, give us a little beginning information about what NLP stands for and what it means. Cool. So NLP stands for, often I like to tell people that it's three separate letters because I feel like when we say it so quickly, it sounds like NLP as a word, but it's N. LP. So the N stands for neuro, L stands for linguistic, and P stands for programming. It's just like a lot of really fancy sounding words, but basically what it is, is the user's manual for the mind. So it was created a really long time ago, 70s, 80s. And the way that I like to explain it is it puts a process to how we each individually perceive the external information that is coming into us, everything that's going on around us, outside of us, how we perceive that information, how we filter it in our minds, the things that we do in our head that eventually lead to the actions that we take and the results that we get. So we can, now that we have a process for it, we can go in at any point in that process and find out what we're doing and change it if we need to, improve it, remove it, really figure out what we're doing. So that's why it's the user's manual for the mind, because we can kind of figure out how the mind is doing what it's doing, and then we can make it do what we want to get the results that we want. I love that explanation. it helps a beginning person, beginner like me, um, of NLP figure out exactly, you know, how we would put it to use in our lives. Um, you know, who would use NLP? I mean, is it just for people who are, you know, in our kind of world, in the coaching world, or is it for the regular entrepreneur? Anyone can use it. Anyone can use it. Like we can use it in our business. We can use it with ourselves. We can use it with clients. It can be for life coaching. It can be for success coaching. I know um, people use it with children to help children get results or take action. And even when you can break it okay, down. Okay, I'm into definitely small- going to need that. <laughs> yeah, right. Even when you can break it down into smaller pieces, when uh, like the certain language things that we've discovered and implemented, presidents use it. People use it in speeches. People use it in marketing. Like we've been able to put a process to so many little things that uh, around communication a lot is 
and it's become really helpful like for a lot of people like so many people that is incredible i mean mm-hmm. i'm fascinated that it goes all different ends of the spectrum from children to presidents so could you give us an example of you know either utilizing it or how would we go about um you know kind of a, a coaching is that what we would do is we would hire you to have a coaching session what would we begin with yeah so I'll give you an example of how I kind of realized the power of NLP. So when I was training, when I first did my training, I had no idea what NLP was. No clue. Like I just signed up for the training. I was like, "Mm, sure. Sounds good. No idea what it means. I went to the training and uh, I think it was maybe day two or day three. The trainer asked, does anyone have a limiting belief about themselves that they would like to get rid of. And my hand just like went up. Like I didn't even think about putting my hand up. My hand just went straight up. And she was like, so obviously you have a belief that you would like to get rid of. Cause like it was, I was up there and I was like, me, me, me. And I, I honestly didn't even think about it, but she was like, what's the belief? And for me, that belief was people don't like me. So forever my whole life, I had the belief that people don't like me. I would meet someone on the street, a friend of a friend, a colleague, whatever. And I'd be like, they don't like me. Like, it's okay. They just don't like me. Like, maybe they'll like me eventually. Maybe I got to like be nicer to them. Maybe I'm a bit too much, but they don't like me. I can still talk to them and we can, you know, do what we need to do, but they don't like me. Um, And it was just, it was so deep in my life that, I didn't even really realize it was there until that moment when I shared that I had that belief. Like I didn't even realize it. And it had just held me back from so much that I I didn't realize. So uh, I was the demonstration for this belief, for this um, demonstration, the technique, sorry. And it was called single belief change. And basically what we did was she asked me some specific questions to help me figure out where in my brain and how my brain stored the belief that people don't like me. And so basically she would ask me, okay, so close your eyes and think of that belief. And when you think of that belief, do you have a picture? And the picture for me was just all black in front of my face. That was how my brain represented that belief. And we were able to kind of find out a a few more other specific things about it. And then what we did was she asked me, okay, so now think of a belief that is no longer true for you. You used to believe it. It used to be true, but now it's not true. And so that was, I'm a baby because I used to be a baby and I'm not a baby anymore. So for me, that belief was off in the distance, a bit to the right. It was faded and small and kind of grainy. And she said, okay, so now everything of that uh, first belief, that limiting belief, we're going to make it match the no longer true belief and make all of the things about it. So how close it is, how big it is, what color it is, we're going to make it match the no longer true belief. And so after this process, we did a few more other things as well. It might've taken about 15 minutes. I, I couldn't, stand up properly. I, I went to get off the chair and I was like wobbly. I, I was just, my brain was doing stuff. Like it was doing stuff. I was wobbly off the chair trying to get back. And I was like, I, 
I don't, I don't know what happened because we had just rewired something in my brain that it needed to do a few things in there to figure out what was going on. But after that, I, I don't have that belief anymore. Like I don't believe that. And it was just wild. The shift from that, I like, I wouldn't even be able to be here talking to you if I still had that belief. Like I wouldn't have been able to build the business that I've built now teaching these tools to other people if I still had that belief. And it's not to say that it was like magic. Everything's good now. Obviously when we have a belief like that, so many other beliefs are created to support it that come from it. But it was like, after that, I was hooked. Like that's, you know, so many people can benefit from things like this in so many different ways. And that's just one, just one of the techniques inside NLP. That is absolutely incredible. You know, I was actually having a discussion with a friend last weekend about um, this concept in a similar way. She was actually talking about, and I'll just be totally blunt. She was talking about the Enneagram and she was saying, I'm absolutely fascinated with it. And she asked me if I am. And I said, to be honest, I'm not necessarily because I actually believe in people's ability to transform themselves at any point, right? And that, you know, that's just a moment in time of which, you know, it's just a mere reflection of what you believe about yourself in that moment. And that, uh, you know, your we all desire to be able to say, oh, that's just who I am. Um, But that can become a real scapegoat, right? For a lot of things that you would like to change, but then believe that you cannot because that's just merely who you are. Um, And so, what I love about what you're saying is you're giving real concrete evidence that there are tools out there that can take you from that place of, of maybe defining yourself one way and moving yourself to a totally different perception, a totally different reality, a totally different belief system. Um, And I love that, that to hear that NLP is kind of the vehicle that can take you there to that transformation. Um, what else, um, you know, can you give us some more examples? I'm just so fascinated. I want to hear more examples of, you know, work that you've done with either individuals, you know, or experiences you've had implementing more of the tools. Um, I mean, I think that every single person here listening has had a limiting belief that they would like to now use that exercise to replace. Um, but I think it would be so helpful to, th- to hear of more examples of people doing more people doing that. Um, yeah, we have other examples like, you know, it can go from anything as small as helping someone get over an addiction to a certain type of food. So, um, A lot of the time we use a technique similar to the one that I just spoke about, which is called mapping across. It just has a single belief change. The one I just spoke about is a form of mapping across. And basically we're mapping across where the brain stores things. So we can change things like if someone is, I worked with someone to help them with an addiction to a certain type of ice cream. He was constantly eating Rollo ice cream all the time constantly eating it and um, hasn't eaten it since we've done the technique. So it can even even go from something small like that. I worked with a real estate agent who was uh, scared to get up and talk to people. He would get nervous every time he spoke to people and he 
uses social media as part of his business. And so we did a technique called collapse anchors, where we, we help a person get into a desired state and anchor that by pressing on the knuckle so that whenever they want to get back into the state, they can press on that knuckle and go back into that state. And what we did was we anchored the, the negative state that he experiences when he is speaking in front of people and got him to, as soon as he goes into that negative state, we automatically trigger that positive state. So now his brain knows when he goes into that negative state, it automatically goes into that positive state. And these, these kind of techniques, when we're doing it in the session, it, it has like, you can't tell the impacts in the session. It has to be after the fact when he's working with people or getting up to speak in front of people, that's when you can really see the power of it. And he said that he doesn't, he doesn't have that same nervousness, anxiety when he's speaking in front of people. And it's the more he does it now, the more he gets up in front of people and realizes he's not nervous, it becomes even more powerful. He's like, well, I wasn't really nervous the last time it was better. So then he does it again. He's like, oh, it was better again. Like, it, it really has this snowball effect. So it can be it can be used for things like that too. It can be used for, like we were saying, working with children, even just certain language patterns that we've taken from the therapists that were modeled that we got a lot of the NLP techniques from, just the way that we communicate with children. Um, it's like, I could go on. I have so, <laughs> so many examples. I definitely am going to pick your brain about the kids thing because mm -hmm. I have a 10 and 13 year old, a 13 year old son and a 10 year old daughter. And boy, do I need some, you know, <laughs> limiting belief shifting over there. Um, but I loved what you were saying because that was going to be my next question was once you learn the technique, how long does it take to really be able to, you know, believe something different or act differently. Um, something that I'm always talking to my clients about is the fact that, you know, the brain is a muscle, right? And we have to work it out. And um, once we acquire a new mindset or a belief that it, we build upon that. And what we've done for a really long time is build the old habit. Now we need to put just as much time and energy towards the development of this new positive belief and habit um, and continue to collect evidence of it. As you were kind of pointing out, he, he, experienced it once that was collecting evidence and he's going to do it again and again, it'll continue to get easier. Um, so how long do you find after they've kind of anchored this belief that it takes for them to really be able to trust in it, rely on it, you know, have it become their go-to instead of that old habit. Mm. So this is something that I love so much about NLP is we access the subconscious mind to create the change. So the change happens at a subconscious level and it happens instantly. So when people go, they have, they experience a technique, they work with a coach and we do a belief change or we do anchoring or whatever it is to create a shift. You don't realize that a shift has been created until like, a few weeks after or a little while after you look back and you're like, I am doing things completely differently now. Like I'm not intentionally doing it. It's just happening differently because we've created that change at the subconscious level. Those new patterns and ways of thinking and ways of being 
are the automatic pattern now. So they seem completely natural and completely normal. And it doesn't seem like you're doing anything differently because it's like normal. It's at such a deep level. You don't even realize. So after a little while you start, you've collected that evidence, but you don't even realize that you're collecting evidence. You just look back and notice that you're doing things differently. You're thinking differently, feeling differently. And then that's when you can have that like, whoa, moment where this is real and I'm actually doing things differently. So it can happen super instantly for some people. They're like, my life is completely changed. I feel entirely differently. I have a new model of the world, like sometimes in session and sometimes after it, it takes maybe a week or two or three or a month, but people always come back and they're like, yeah, I'm doing things differently now. And it just seems normal. That's amazing. Listeners, I have the tool for you. It is called Kartra. If you run an online business, you are going to want this tool in your life. Trust me. It is an online account management system that will save your life. No more duct taping various products together. See, your online business requires a bunch of different solutions that oftentimes have to be duct taped together. They lead to frustrating results, meaning you don't have a checkout page that adds customers to your mailing list or your help desk portal doesn't connect with your contacts database or your membership site doesn't work really well or even issue refunds or payments. It's all utterly frustrating and frankly, a huge waste of time until now. All of the individual sections of Kartra are woven together so seamlessly they talk to each other without ever having to configure any integration on your own. As a result, you are going to be able to track your customers and their interactions with all of your different solutions in one place. Doesn't that sound a little too good to be true? Well, it's not. Make sure that you get the link in my show notes to access Kartra with 14 days for free on me. So again, access Kartra 14 days for free on me with the link in my show notes, and you can come back and thank me later. Listeners, do you ever hear the phrase goal setting and want to groan a little bit? I bet you're even rolling your eyes hearing me say that phrase, aren't you? Probably because at face value, goal setting can seem daunting, boring, and even overwhelming. I mean, where do you start? How do you make them actually happen? I bet the ideas are already swirling around in your head right now, aren't they? Well, don't worry, I've got you. Goal setting doesn't have to be hard or something you dread doing once a year. You can and will with my brand new goal getting course come to love goal setting. Why? Because I'm going to show you all of my secrets for not just setting goals, but reaching them. These are the secrets that have helped me go from writing down lofty plans that I tucked away and never looked at again to achieving monumental goals like writing a best-selling book and building a seven-figure business from scratch. Are you ready? I hope so. Because the goal-getting course is waiting for you. All you have to do is either head to my new website, growwiththebrim.com. That's growwiththebrim.com 
thebrimm.com or head to the link in the show notes and get access to the best goal getting course out there. Yeah, I mean, your subconscious mind, right, is I've always heard is 95% of your, you know, brain, and it's 95% of your thoughts and your actions are controlled by that subconscious portion. And, and yet, we run around with just 5% of our um, access all the time, just 5% of that conscious mind is being accessed when really, all of that stuff is going on below the surface. Um, I, so how many times do people end up coming to you? Do they then bring back maybe a different belief that they want to address? And then you'll choose, and how do you choose which um, particular tool is applicable to, uh, you know, which belief system or thought that needs to be changed? How do you know? Yeah, great question. So when I'm working with people, it's more of we'll work together for a few months and then we'll have a goal in mind. So if we're working towards that goal, we just kind of use whatever we need to as things come up when we're getting towards that goal. So I don't, I'm, I know some people do like only NLP sessions and they're like, okay, come to me and we'll only do NLP. But I'm more of a kind of, let's see what happens. We're going to incorporate other tools. We're going to coach and get you towards your goal. Whatever you need to get towards your goal, that's what we're going to do as as it goes. Um, and in terms of choosing what technique, I think I do it unconsciously now because I've been doing it for so long, but it's really a lot of it is about listening to the words my clients use, the way they describe their problem. That's the most important part because the way the person describes their problem, they're describing not the problem, but they're describing their perception of the problem. So they're describing what's going on in their mind that they think is the problem, but it's not the problem. So really read right, between the lines. I've said it's the symptom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We have a saying in NLP that um, the map is not the territory. And that just means that whatever you're explaining, like the map of California is not California. It's just a map of California, right? So it's the same thing in our mind. The problem isn't the problem. It's just a map of the problem. The problem is something else. So really just listening to the words my clients use and always understanding that whatever words a client can put to their problem, or if a person knows what their problem is, and I don't even like calling it a problem, but we're just for ease of example right now. But if someone can explain their problem, that's usually not the problem. As you said, there's something deeper. That's just a symptom of something deeper that's going on. So then again, questioning, a lot of questioning, a lot of listening to just really, really what my clients are saying and the words and how they're describing their problem. And then just kind of going from there and trying something. And if it doesn't, doesn't get the results that we want it to get, that's okay. We can try other things. Yeah. I love that, that, you know, it sounds like you're so much more attached to giving them the tools to, um, you know, access different parts of themselves and not necessarily attached to one particular route to get there, which I've always said is, is so important. Um, so back to the children, because I'm desperate in need of help, <laughs> you know, my kids just, 
give me so much help because I, you know, every time we'll be sitting in the morning listening to the Today Show and something will come up about someone's mindset or someone's actions that have come about because of their, um, you know, either misunderstanding or, you know, lack of belief in themselves. And I'm, I'm always trying to use those examples and they roll their eyes at me and say, Oh mom, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I would love something that I can use Mm. for them. And I'm sure many other people listening would too. So what can we use that works with children? There's a few things, something that I really love to share with people, um, an easy one is something that we call a double bind. So it's giving someone the illusion of choice. So instead of asking your children or telling your children to go to bed at like whatever time, eight o'clock, whatever time children go to bed, instead of saying, okay, go to bed at nine, it's, do you want to go to bed at 8.45 or nine? That's a very kind of general example, but the illusion of choice there, you're still It looks like they have an option for what they want to do, but you're getting your way in the end. So you can kind of take that and apply that to whatever situation you need to apply that to. But I really love, I really love sharing that one in terms of mindset stuff. I think really helping your children understand how their brain, and even you can question your children on what comes up for them with certain beliefs. So as I was sharing right at the beginning with the single belief change, helping your children see, okay, maybe they have a limiting belief about their abilities in school or about themselves and ask them to, to let you know where that picture is in their mind's eye. And then determine if it's, if it's a negative belief, if that picture is really, really close to them, Maybe you can help them move it just a little bit further away into the distance and ask them if they are looking through their own eyes or are they seeing themselves in that picture and then get them to switch whatever one. So we call that associated dissociated. So associated, are they looking through their own eyes when they're in this, when they have this picture of their belief? and they're dissociated if they are seeing themselves in the picture. And 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 why does that necessarily matter? I mean, I can imagine why it matters, but I really want to hear from you. I mean, why it matters, whether it's them or someone else. So, so they would be seeing themselves, but it would all be themselves, but they would either be looking through their own eyes or like looking from, I don't know what it's called, third person, second person perspective, but seeing themselves in the picture. Is that making sense? Am I saying that? Yes, yes, third person for sure. Yeah, so the location of the belief, so if it's near or far or up or down, and if it's associated or dissociated, these two things seem to have the biggest impact when we are working with beliefs. So when I'm working with clients, usually I will work on these two things first. And then we can, if that doesn't cause a shift, which I can tell just by looking at them, um, if that those don't work, then we can move on to other things. But these are kind of the two biggest contributors to these kind of techniques. So causing a shift in belief and the way that the brain stores things. I'm not sure exactly why these are the biggest things, but they're huge. Yeah. I mean, I find I can just use myself as an example. Um, 
you know, one of my limiting beliefs that somewhere along the way, right, I just picked up was I'm not good enough, right? And that I needed to continuously be able to prove that to the world, right? I don't know who is out there keeping score of what the heck I'm doing, but (laughs) apparently I'm thinking that someone is. Um, And so, you know, I went upon this ridiculous journey of practicing law and doing all these things that would prove to the exterior world that I'm good enough. Um, And I think a lot of women struggle with that concept. Um, And, you know, I luckily feel very different now. Um, I, I kind of envisioned it, a switch from this external focus of what others believe to, to an internal focus of what I value and what I believe is what is most important and putting that above the external beliefs of others allowed me to helped me to make that shift for myself. But I'm very interested to what, um, kind of advice you have to other women that are kind of struggling with that particular limiting belief since it's so common. I would say exactly what I just shared about um, the stuff that you can do with children. Like really what you need to do is, well, like do a little bit of a kind of a run through is when you think of that belief that I'm not good enough, do you have the picture? And anyone can just like sit down. They can do this as I'm explaining it right now. Do you have the picture? And just allow in your mind for whatever to come up, the picture could be anything. It most likely won't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, that's okay. It's not meant to make sense. It's the subconscious mind's representation of that belief, however it wants to do that. So for me, like I said, it was just a, a black picture in front of my face. Um, and that's that's what it is. Don't try and make it something else or try and make it make sense. So whatever that picture is, just notice where it is. Yeah, because I would have tried to make it a story, Mm -hmm. like when Mm -hmm. I picked it up or when I, who told me that or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't need to do that. All we want to do is just, do you have the picture? So when you have the picture, just notice, is it close to you? Is it far away? Just notice where it is in terms of location. And you can try and just move it a little bit further away. So just move that picture further away. And you can, if it's color, you can make it black and white and maybe make it a little bit grainy. And and why black and white versus color? We're just going to try and change things around just to see what we can do to take the power out of that belief and cause a shift. So sometimes if it's black and white, we'll make it color with the without knowing what's happening for each specific person. I'm just going to kind of give general steps, but you can play around. So whatever I'm saying, play around with them to whatever you need to do to take the feeling out of it, to take the power out of that belief, whatever makes you feel like that belief doesn't have as much power anymore. So you can move it further away. You can make it grainy, make it black and white. If you really want, you can make it go way, way, way off into the distance, really, really far away, so far away that it's really small now. It's really small. And if there are any sounds, you can just mute it. And if there's any movement, maybe you can just try and stop that movement. And if you're looking through your own eyes, maybe step out of the picture so you can see yourself in the picture. If you were already seeing yourself in the picture, maybe step into your body and have a look through your own eyes and see if that shifts things for you. 
And that's just like a very brief run through of what we do in these situations, but that's like how simple it is. And just try and work with how your brain is storing that, that belief and what your brain is doing with it that makes it feel so real and true for you and, and shift it around and see what happens. I don't know about you guys listening, but I just feel calmer listening to you say those things to me. I'm like, I'm in for just whatever it is you have to offer, Brooke, because I want to hear you tell me that more often and make that shift. I I love that. Um, So one thing that fascinates me about NLP is also... Um, and that we were kind of discussing before starting is that it really is a big part of what more and more people are identifying as the tool that has helped them unlock their potential. So definitely, you know, I, it's something I'm extraordinarily passionate about is certainly more women, um, you know, taking their gifts and sharing them with the world in a bigger, bolder way. So how can NLP, how does NLP help them do that? Well, it's kind of all comes down to everything that we've really been speaking about, like unlocking those limiting beliefs and firstly uncovering them. If you're working with a good coach or if you are you know, aware enough to ask yourself the kind of questions, really figuring out, okay, this is the belief that I'm saying is the problem. What's underneath that? Not coming up with the story about it, not trying to figure out where it came from or who gave it to you because those things don't really matter. And we can do so many different techniques that help us release the power of the belief. You know, the beliefs are not bad. They created us. They made us who we are today. And I don't want to say that they're a bad belief or anything like that, but if we're holding on to them and they don't help us get to where we want to go, then neuroplasticity is an amazing thing. And that's really what we're working with here. And NLP gives us the power to really utilize neuroplasticity intentionally when we want to, to help us say, okay, I have this belief. I have this habit. I have this something and it's not helping me. And I would like to see if I can not have it anymore and get to where I want to go. And so many people have had positive experiences, powerful experiences, like that have helped them release the beliefs that hold them back and have gone on to have massive success. Or even if it's not massive success that you want, even if you want better relationships with yourself or your children or your partner, or you want to apply for that promotion or whatever it is, like anything is absolutely okay. You don't need to want to be a a mega billionaire, um, but even just for, for your everyday life, these, these kinds of things can help. And Um, that's why I love them so much. I love that statement that, you know, all of this provides new tools and new forms of, you know, making life better and happier for all of us. And why not take advantage of them now that we, you know, are lucky enough to live at this point in time where we know about the existence of these tools Um, and that we're not, any longer stuck in the old paradigm that, you know, what we believe we are stuck with, you know, any limiting ideas that we have cannot be changed. And now we know better so we can do better. Um, 
I, I'm very curious. One last question about NLP. Where did it come from? You know, as I think through this idea of being able to use it now, you know, you, I think you said it, it's been around since the seventies, but kind of who formulated the name, the idea and kind of, um, let's say someone even has the wild idea. Oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for. I want to get trained in it as well. What, what does that look like? Where would they go? So it was created, I believe for some reason I'm thinking seventies, but I feel like it might've been an early eighties, but it was around then by two men, Richard Bandler and John Grinder. They created NLP. One was a linguist. So uh, that's why there are so many big words in NLP that sound really fancy, but they just mean basic stuff. So that's like one of the biggest things when you learn NLP is you're learning so many new words, which is like, (laughs) it's a lot, but it's awesome. Like neuroplasticity. Yeah. And like linguist. Yeah. Like so many, I I don't even want to go into it, but linguist isn't a big word, but (laughs) the way that we We use it in there. Um, Yeah. So it was created by them. And what they did was they mainly modeled a hypnotherapist and a family therapist. So they went in and found exactly what they were doing with their clients, the words that they were using, when they were using certain words, what they listened for and really modeled them and put a process to what they did with their clients. So that is how it mainly came about. So it's been around for a long time. It's been evolving for a long time. There have been a lot of other people who have come in and who are really, really amazing at NLP and have deepened it and come up with other techniques. So it's been, and it's still evolving. It's not ever finished, which is the amazing thing. People are still creating new techniques based on everything that we know. So yeah, it's been around for a really long time. Um, In terms of if people want to learn about it, there are a lot of trainings and schools and amazing people who train NLP. I train NLP also, so people can kind of come to my, my website and find out more about mine as well. But I think when people are looking for NLP trainings, I would say make sure you find a a school to train with that is going to give you feedback that is going to actually teach you the techniques because a lot of it's online now with COVID so you really want to make sure that you're you're getting access to a trainer who can kind of show you the techniques and give you feedback on the techniques that's really important especially in the online area you want people who are going to say no you you need to do it this way or yes that was great because they're very specific, these techniques in the way that like even the word and sometimes is not, you shouldn't use in certain techniques and you really want to make sure that you're using them correctly. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that specificity. Um, and it is very good to know. Of course, I would say to everyone go to Brooke because, you can also see that she has such a beautifully calming presence. And so it would be a a delight to get to learn from you. Um, I am fascinated with this topic. I really could talk to you all day about it. And I think it's um, such an important part of the business world today is the ability to combine um, the efforts to eliminate limiting beliefs, change your mindset, as well as implement the tactical tools that can take you to revenue growth. And so 
thank you for sharing this side of things with us and and just giving us the hope that you know we all are capable of change. I think we all want to continue to believe that and know that um, and to know that there's someone out there like you that can really focus on this is so exciting. Um, so if they want to get in touch with you, um, tell us how they can do that. So uh, my website is brookealexander.co. My Instagram is also brookealexander.co. So very easy. Um, everything is on my website if you want to learn more about the NLP training, which is called the Created Coach Method. That's all on my website. So yeah, very easy, brookealexander.co. I love it. Thank, Thank you, you, Brooke. I you're really so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Clearly, you're not from the U.S., so where do you reside? I I should have covered that in the beginning. I am Australian, but I live in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, great. I do love Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, All right. Thank you for sharing your time with us. I'm sure so many of our listeners are going to have loads of questions. So you guys follow her on Instagram and send her um, some DMs and connect with her. Um, I can't wait to do the same. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much for having me.